You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. Uh, earlier this month, we talked about all of the magical... Well, not all of the magic characters, but a lot of the magic characters in them. Isn't that right, Chris? Yes, yeah. We figured for the month of October, let's get spooky. <laughs> spooky means mystical, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, magic and, and, and mystical means uh, is, is what... Uh, spooky is in the in the comic book universe, I guess. Yep, that's how it works. If you're spooky, you're mystical, you're magical. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we talked about that in the Marvel universe. We did our own little challenge of who would be the uh, spirits of vengeance, sort of, so to speak, in the DC universe. But now we're going to talk about the DC side of magic. Let's uh, this let this this issue. Let's talk about uh, the Sentinels of Magic and one of our favorite stories, the Day of Judgment. Oh yes, that was such a great story. <laughs> well, you day. have a certain <laughs> place in your heart for that story for a certain reason, <laughs> and we'll definitely get to that. So let's uh, let's before that, let's get to the spinner rack. So what is new on the spinner rack today? All right. So if you go to your local comic book store, what will you see? And here are some of the picks that I would recommend. So straight out of DC Comics, we have Action Comics issue 1004. So this is going to be the one where Lois and Clark are going to talk. Where's Jonathan Kent? What happened? Where were you? Let's hopefully start peeling back some of the layers and discover some of the answers. Uh, I highly recommend uh, this one's a tough one, actually, because both the cover and the variant cover. The regular cover has Steve Rude art, and it's this beautiful blue and white and it basically shows Superman flying in the clouds, and then there's a pack or a flock of birds flying under him. It's just beautiful looking. And then your variant is by Francis Manipal. Both amazing artists in their own right. So I don't know what to tell you, but I would highly recommend the Steve Rude one. Um, Batman Volume 7, the trade paperback will be out, and this will talk about the wedding. So if you missed out on all those crazy shenanigans and you want to see what we've talked about and many others have talked about, definitely pick this one up. If you, after you read that, you can go ahead and go back and listen to our, is our issue of uh, the Bat Wedding that we did at FanQuest Comics. Yes. Um, let's see. Continue on. Books of Magic number one. So if you've been waiting for more of the uh, Vertigo slash Neil Gaiman universe, well, here you go. It's starting to march along. So you will get the Books of Magic, which I believe actually does have some ties to the normal DC universe. Uh, Timothy Hunter, if I remember his name. Yes, Timothy Hunter. He will. Um, he's been a character that's been some of, sometimes used in the DC universe for his magic abilities. Kind of almost like a precursor to Harry Potter. But okay. I'm not well versed in either universe, so I'm just <laughs> taking a wild stab. <laughs> but anyways, moving along. Uh, Detective Comics issue 991 will continue on with the Batman Two Face struggle. Flash 57 will be out there, and he will be talking more about the Sage Force and discovering some of these other powers. And not only is it affecting him, but it's also affecting some of the people that he's worked with. Now, I have not read issue two of Heroes in Crisis yet. I don't know if that's come out yet or not. No, no. Okay, not so, so you're still the reason why I haven't read it. <laughs> but uh, shouldn't Barry Barry's book, The Flash, be direct, be like? 
touching on that. Yeah, <laughs> direct result of of the fact that his protege and you know his closest, nephew, yeah, his <laughs> nephew, closest confidant, is now dead. Um, so they haven't touched on it, and they won't touch on that until the annual. Um, I guess just because of the way the publication went, that they were already kind of a little bit more ahead. And it is funny, though, but it's like, well, then how come Green Arrow did it? Um, I think Green Arrow was a little bit more involved due to the fact that kind of looking at, oh, man, what was the um, um, the alien story that they had? The uh, No Justice story? There you go, the No Justice. So I think they probably were a little bit more inclined to say, okay, we're going to include Arrow in this. Uh, Flash... I think they were like, well, let's finish this story arc and then we'll have it kick off. Because if I remember correctly, that's also going to feature some um, Bart in there as well. So not only will Barry be learning about this and probably carrying some guilt since he told Wally to go there, but how will Bart react to when he finds out his favorite uncle has passed away? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Have they dealt with more of a... Bart in the the book since the end of Flash War? I believe not. I don't think we've seen him since. I was going to say, is this version of Bart going to even know Wally? Like, other than what he's read? See, and that's a tough one because I, I like, in my mind's eye, it, it is Bart. It's all a Bart. It's just he looks the way we saw him as Impulse. Okay. But he's obviously had a lot of growth since he was Impulse. I mean, he went from Impulse to Kid Flash to Flash. To Flash, yeah. Back to Kid Kid Flash. So it's like, all right, that should have been where he's at. Uh, it's hard to say with the drawing. Is he a younger-looking kid or not, you know? Because, so I mean, technically, tough. this is the Rebirth world. This is – this is. Uh, I mean, I don't, was Bart in, in, uh, in New 52? Was he part um, of the Teen Titans? It's tough to say because I know they had a kid flash there. Like they had their version of Tim, Connor, and Bart there. But like, wasn't that Superboy like a, the the actual son of Superman and Lois? And I mean, it was just weird. And I like, know. I know they quickly got rid of that Bart. Like, I think whoever the Zoom was or during that Forever Evil, like he basically touched that kid and unsynced him from being in our time. Mm. It's like, yeah, let's just get rid of this thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to find out. And it's weird that since, because I, I, I think I stopped reading Flash after Flash War. And at the end of Flash Wars, when you see Bart show up from the future, so there's got, there's got to be a lot of time between since then and now. And, and yeah, what's happened? And, and Bart hasn't made himself known to his uncle, Barry. Maybe he doesn't or like Barry. His grandfather right now. Barry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he uh, probably doesn't like Barry right now. That's the tough part. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but moving along, Justice League Odyssey issue two will be out, and that'll continue on with the Space League, and where we have Azrael, Darkseid, Jessica Cruz, Cyborg, and various other heroes try to make their way throughout the galaxy. Still haven't read issue one of that yet. I can't wait to pick your brain on that because I want to know: Does that voice of Azrael? Sound consistent, or is it just we took this character, put him there? And it's just so strange to, to think of Azrael being in outer space, like of of right. <laughs> I mean, I can I can see I can see I can see Nightwing in outer space. Like it's a stretch, but I can see it, and I can see um, um, obviously Batman as part of the Justice League. He'll venture into outer space, but I just feel like Azrael. Of mo- of all of them, of the Bat family, is so street level, especially because l- he has that night looking um, motif. Yeah, like it's just it's just strange to me. I mean, he's got a battle suit, so I guess it makes sense. You could kind of do space, but 
It's just strange for him to be in outer space. Though. Like, I mean, yeah. honestly, like I would have put him on the Justice League Dark team. At least yeah, you could tie I could the see order that. Of certain, so Saint Dumas, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I mean, like, why him? Why that team? But you know, hopefully, maybe the story takes up on it because. I don't know if you don't mind spoilers, and hopefully our listeners don't mind spoilers, but they had something where they revealed like these four gods, like whatever planet they went to, mm-hmm. and basically it's like Cyborg, Azrael, and two other characters are supposedly these gods. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so like reincarnations or avatars? or some At least avatars. I don't know how much further it goes, but yeah, so something is planned. Who knows what? Okay. I, you know what? I just, at, at this moment, I'm just looking forward to whatever Sean G. Murphy does with him in White White Knight Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, so when we talk about Day of Judgment, I know there was plenty of times during that time period where I was like, as long as I see him on a comic book page, <laughs> I don't care. At least it's something. <laughs> All right. All right. So moving along, uh, Marvel has been doing great with their old whatevers so dc and especially harley quinn because she's all about breaking the fourth wall we are gonna have old lady harley yeah that's right move over hawkeye move over logan here comes old lady harley (laughs) so it's gonna be a twisted satirical look at a potential future of the dc universe and how does harley quinn make her way so this is this is funny about the harley quinn book in general like with the fact that they've created Harley Quinn to be kind of like their Deadpool, like they've they've made it that way. Uh, yeah, since they've they've kind of transformed her that way. Yeah, yeah they, she's silly. She's a she's an antihero. She talks to the audience, but then she also now then they brought in the character of Red Fool, oh, which Red is Tool, yeah, or Red Tool. Thank you, yeah. which is obviously a a mockery of a uh, Red Deadpool. A Deadpool. Yeah. Um, it's almost like. They just like use Harley as the hey we're gonna mess around with Marvel like character at this point. Oh, right? well, both of them do it. Well, you know? yeah, yeah, you're right. Gwenpool is just Harley Quinn. Oh, I didn't know? realize that. I haven't yeah. read anything about from Gwenpool. Well, Other okay, just... I'm making a big leap, but it kind of feels that way. Ah, okay, yeah, because I, I read that first issue of uh, West Coast Avengers, which isn't bad. It's just not a book for me. Oh my goodness, um, we're gonna rush to the hospital real quick here. See what's going. On. No, I'm just kidding. I get uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's a different group of characters, but yeah. that's right. You're right. Gwenpool is in that team. Yeah. So it's I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's funny. I mean, obviously, yeah, both both companies do it all the time, but yeah. Hey, as long as it gets them talking again, and then eventually we have that crossover, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, that's probably what we'll have is uh, Red Tool and Harley Quinn meet up with Deadpool and Gwenpool. And it's like, <laughs> really? This is the first piece of work we get? It's almost been 20 years. <laughs> At least 15. Hey, as long as we see it happen. I guess that's true. I'll take my own <laughs> advice I said a minute ago there, right? <laughs> All right, uh, moving along. Raven, Daughter of Darkness, part 9 of 12. So she's getting her own maxi series. So if you've been bo- enjoying the Titans and you want to learn more about these characters obviously this book is set up for you to go out there and get some of that speaking of collections sandman volume one preludes and nocturnes 30th anniversary edition so if you are wanting to get in on more of the sandman vertigo universe this is definitely going to be one of the starting books to pick up uh terrifics issue nine will be out there you know that line of comics is starting to hit it hard i think they announced two more books are canceled in that new age of heroes Hmm. i don't want to be rude but i can't say i'm surprised you know it's it's real what did you just say got canceled um oh i want to say i think 
silencer. Like I, I caught an article in passing because they released the new solicits. And I think they had one, like maybe damage got canceled. I'm not too sure. Um, but some of these books are just like, I think new challengers is done, but that was always announced as a mini series. Right. Maybe it was the one with the, the old timies, uh, the, Mortals, the Immortal Men. Oh, okay. I think maybe that was the book that got canned. That, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway. I thought you were saying Terrifics got canceled. No, Terrifics is at issue nine. That one will probably survive. But why does that one survive and the others don't? Because it's characters we know and love. Exactly. They're not new it's, characters. Yeah, it's hard. Like Honestly, if they were going to do this, the new age of heroes, they probably should have done it as a team book. Yeah. And yeah, then that, that way, as they do better, you can spin out a miniseries and then from there make the leap. But hey, what do I know? I just collect comics. Uh, Titans issue 28 and Wonder Woman issue 57 will be out in the stands as well. Uh, let's flip on over to the other side of the fence. We are now at Marvel Comics. Amazing Spider-Man issue 8 will be out. Uh, like I said, I've been enjoying this series. It's been a lot of fun. Nick Spencer has been doing a great job on it. Uh, so this won't tie in a Spider-Verse yet, but be ready for that to happen. And speaking of the selling qualities of Harley Quinn and Deadpool, we have Black Panther versus Deadpool, issue one of five. Why? That's right, because why not? But hey, Deadpool's great. Hey, Black Panther's great. Let's put him in a book. I mean, we did have Deadpool versus Thanos. You know, it's whatever the MC universe is going to throw at you. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't get tiny Deadpool like when they had Ant-Man and the Wasp out there. Like they should have totally done that. Like, hey, let's have Big Pool and Little Pool, Kitty Pool. That's what maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, I get it. They're all in the DC or DC. They're all in the Marvel universe. They should all have interactions together. But I just don't see uh, T'Challa suffering Deadpool. Like, I just don't see how the two of them <laughs> could team up and he'll be him not being like put this guy in a Wakandan cell like. He just puts him in a sleeper hold and walks away. Thirty That's fucking <laughs> stories below ground or some shit. All right, fair enough. I mean, I love I love Deadpool. Don't get me wrong. I love right. <laughs> I love T'Challa. I love Black Panther. But it's just when you force two characters together, sometimes it just doesn't seem like it works. That's yeah, the right word, forced. <laughs> but, but then again, you know, maybe this is like Marvel's version of uh, Forty Eight Hours. You know, <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah, and, maybe and, it's the buddy cop movie that they're hoping for. I yeah, mean, it could be. It really could. But then you already get that with Cable and Deadpool. Oh yeah. But, you know, to me, maybe maybe these uh, these books are actually a secret ongoing series. Like back in the day, they used to have World's Finest. So it was Superman or sorry, DC Comics Presents. So it was Superman teaming up with somebody or Brave and the Bold. And it was Batman teaming up with somebody. So it's just that's all it is. It's the Deadpool team up book. Okay. We just get five issue arcs at all a time. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the new, it's the new uh, Marvel team-up book. It's this Deadpool, Deadpool team-up book. Yep. <laughs> All right, so there was a weird year in the X-Men books, and part of that is returned in the form of Cable, Soldier X hardcover. Um, I forget who wrote this one. I want to say... Actually, I don't remember or so, but yeah, this was kind of an interesting time because that's what you had. wasn't Deadpool Agent X. X-Force was Static X and, and things like that. So it was just kind of a... It was a weird year where it's like I think they were kind of struggling with the rights. Yeah, something with Rob Leefield, and so Cable couldn't be Cable. He had to be Soldier X, and Deadpool wasn't Deadpool. He was Agent X, and then uh, I don't I don't know if I don't remember the Static X one. Yeah, that was the one where they were drawn by uh, oh gosh, the guy who does Mad Men. I can't think of it. Mad Men, the guy. Um, but anyways. Yeah, there, there were there was just like they were all new offbeat characters. It was actually kind of neat. Like that was the one that actually survived. Is that the but, one that had Gooper? Yeah, Goop, and then Dead Girl was part of it and stuff like that. Okay, the one guy who kind of had like an Iron Man looking mask. Mm. Yeah, 
interesting stuff. Um, but anyways, yeah. So if you want to read that year of Cable's life, it's out there. I recommend it. I heard pretty good stuff about it. Uh, this is going to be a neat one if you've missed out. So the Hunt for Wolverine hardcover. So this will collect all of it for you so far. Mm-hmm. I, I emphasize that. So you'll have the Hunt for Wolverine one-shot, which then leads into the four four-issue miniseries, Weapon Lost, Adamantium Agenda, Claws of a Killer, Mystery in Matapur, and then it ties up into the Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends. And as a bonus, because if you supported the comics, you don't get these things. But if you don't support the comics and you buy the collected editions, so me, <laughs> you will get the Where's Wolverine missing pages that were appearing throughout the Marvel Universe. So those oh. one little pages that like Thor, Avengers, and, and books like that. So yeah. You know, all they had to do was staple those together and put like a couple of factoid pages in. They could have had another book that people would have bought. I would have bought it. I definitely would have bought it. Yeah, I don't want to buy Thor. I don't want to buy. Yeah, you don't want to buy the one book for that one page. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, but it is what it is. Uh, Deadpool Assassin will be collected as a trade paperback, and if I remember correctly, that is the book where you become Deadpool. So this is a first-person reader. No, I don't think that's Deadpool Assassin. It was because Deadpool Assassin is the one that I'm reading. Oh, okay. and I'm not reading that first-person one. Okay, so I missed out. Let's see. First Person Assassin is by Colin Bunn, Mark Bagley. So in this one, the Assassin Guild, they're gunning for Deadpool. Uh, is that Assassin? Is that Deadpool Assassin? Yeah. So it is the first person view one. Okay, it is. Oh, then I'm, what am I, what was I thinking of? Oh, well, there's so many Deadpool books out there. That's right. You're absolutely right. They're probably so reading Deadpool, Deadpool. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> but anyways, moving aside from that mess, uh, Infinity Wars is still going on, and this one we get to see our favorite adventures of the Arachnite. That's right. Spider-Man and Moon Knight have been mashed together. So what's fun about these books is seeing the rest of the world. Who did they put Mary Jane with? Who is J. Jonah Jameson amalgamed with? So some of those answers will hopefully be answered, and it'll be fun to see. So I was... Was, I, I I did read that issue of uh, Infinity Wars where Gamora decides to put everybody to, to shove everybody together, right? And uh, I I love that it wasn't more thought into it of who to shove together other than the two people that were just standing next to each other. Yeah, like I was like, oh, she literally just pushed those two people together <laughs> as they were standing there. Okay, fair enough. Because I love the line where Moon Knight's like, hey, I don't usually do this kind of fighting i'm more of a you know on the street and spider-man's <laughs> like just punch whoever i punch it's okay so the two of them that's the that's only why reason they why they're standing, standing next to each other, other. <laughs> it's like oh okay i hope we see Azrael use that line in odyssey <laughs> hey i don't usually do this stuff this isn't me it's <laughs> oh, funny uh but that would be a cool thing taking a side moon knight and Azrael. yeah right well i mean is it, I, just, I think you just call him knight Oh, if you amalgamate, or yeah. or lunar demon, or um, well, okay, so it's the Order of Saint Dumas, Dumas and the Avatar of Kunshu. Oh man, yeah, I just I like Knight. I think that's cool. Yeah, I think that would yeah. probably work out best. Yeah, maybe Black Knight if you wanted to get you know something. Or Red know. Knight, Red Knight, yeah, Good Knight, Blood, <laughs> Blood Knight. Ooh. Is it? Yeah, there was some moon. Yeah, I, <laughs> There's our challenge. That's going to be an episode in a couple of weeks. Now. we got to put more time into this one. All right, continuing on, though, Infinity Wars is still going, so uh, you can pick up Arachnite Part 1 of 2, Sleepwalker Part 2 of 4. He's going to be a major character in this situation. Soldier Supreme Part 2 of 2, so that'll give us a final look at the world of Steve Rogers, Stephen Strange mix-up. Because they're both named Steven, (laughs) so that should work. I did not, I do not like uh, Captain America's gold 
mustache thing oh that he's rocking, God, like very gold, blonde, blonde yeah. Yes. That thing is horrible looking. No, it is. It, it just, yeah. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's some fun stuff, though, for the younger kids. Marvel Superhero Adventures Captain Marvel Halloween Spooktacular number one and Marvel Superhero Adventures to Wakanda and Beyond Trade Paperback. So if you have children or you want to give out some fun little comic books, now they do have a little bit of a price tag on them. These are always great ways to get kids involved. Moon Knight, speaking of our favorite crazy guy there, <laughs> he will be celebrating his 200th issue, which will also be his last issue, if I remember correctly. So that's going to be quite the bummer. But one of the nice benefits here is with it being such a big number in a celebration, we'll get a ton of variant covers. And luckily, one of them will be David Finch. Uh, he draws an amazing Moon Knight, so I'm very excited to see. What yeah, his like. and uh, Bendis's Hard Bottom. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I think so. Bottom Rock, maybe it's Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a great run. Yeah, no, that was there was some beautiful looking art. Uh, added some layers to Moon Knight too. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't just bunch of comics being put out. It actually gave some character growth. Uh, Punisher number three will be out there continuing the saga of Frank Castle. He's been very dark. I mean, obviously the Punisher is, but it's like, <laughs> oh, whoa, I'm taking it back a little bit here. Um, return of Wolverine number one. We'll be getting a second printing, and that's just in time for Return of Wolverine number two. So go buy that big, thick book so you can read the prelude to the Return of Wolverine. So now you can start reading the issues that lead up to the war Return of Wolverine. God, that's a lot of stuff going <laughs> on. Uh, the guy was dead for a while, so I guess they're just making up for lost time. Uh, speaking of dead guys, Century Issue 5 will be out there. Um, hopefully we can get that team up eventually of Century and Moon Knight. That way it's the world's weirdest instead of the world's finest. Mm-hmm. I want to see those two nut jobs meet up. Uh, I've been hearing good stuff, though, about the Century book. It looks like maybe they're trying to find a way to undo the whole Robert Reynolds, Century, Void Three people in one person, which would be fine with me, because I kind of think the idea waters down the character. That that Sentry book is is crazy. Like I think I'm on issue three, or what, what's the issue that's coming out? Well, this is five, so yeah, you so might be. I might, yeah, I think I'm on issue three, and that that's a crazy book. Like uh, the the introduction of Scout and you know his sidekick, and oh yeah, and how crazy that guy's gone. Like, whew. <laughs> could you? It's like could, it's like could you imagine? Freddie Freeman just going nuts and being pissed off at Captain Marvel and being like, hey, you have all this power and I want that power. And like, oof. You know, it's weird. And I'm glad you phrased it that way because, okay, and I know you haven't read it and I, I don't think you want to, but I would put it on you. Miracle Man. Yeah, I do need to read. I do want to read it. I just it's, have not read it yet. All right, I'll bring my hardcovers next time. Okay. It is, I mean, it's a trip of a read. I'm not going to lie to you, but it does have that. And it, it is. It's a weird world to see you know, a member of the Marvel family go after the head of the family. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, my God, it's insane. Uh, but, yeah, moving along from that, from that Armageddon to the Spider-Geddon. Mm. So Spider-Geddon's out there. It's been fun so far. I've been enjoying it. Uh, we will be having issue two of the main series out. Spider Girls Part One of Three, where we finally get to see Mayday meet up with Maddie, right? Isn't that her name? No, Maddie or Annie? Annie. There Annie, we go, okay. Annie. So that'll be exciting. And I then can't, I can't. I really can't wait for that interaction. Like, oh, I'm dude, looking forward to that. Annie and May, and and Mayday like meeting up to be like, we're the same person, but not like. Yeah, in order for you to exist, I can't. In order for me to exist, yeah. Like that could be some interesting uh, like, interactions. I honestly, if I was. If I was writing, okay, I wouldn't, if I wasn't right, 
they wouldn't let me write it, but and they probably wouldn't let this idea happen either. But if I was writing it and I could do it, I would definitely have like a science couple of pages where they like literally took their DNA to see like if there's anything really different about the two of them. Like how different are they? That'd be that'd be kind of yeah. At least on the atomic structure, what's going on versus what is perceived in terms of personality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm. They, that'd be kind of cool to see that, you know, very much so. Um, and one other character, Anya Corazon, yeah. the Prime Universe Spider Girl, she'll also be there as well. So she's the one who should be doing the science for us. <laughs> mm. See, I remember her in the in Spider Man comics. I don't, I don't yeah, understand. I could have sworn she was part of the main. So what, I think when they said prime, universe? that's probably ours. 616 or ours, like me and you. I think that's probably 616. Okay. Just because, yeah, because you're right. DC made their prime be our world. Right. Yeah. Okay. God, we're going to have to start labeling everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, and then one last tie-in is Spider-Gwen will get her new name, Ghost Spider. So now we will finally start having a, a new name for her. Which I find interesting. And again, I'm not reading the book, so forgive my ignorance. But it's just like, isn't she just Spider-Girl or Spider-Woman in her world? So I'm interested to see why the whole Spider-Gwen. Like, Spider-Gwen should be the title for us, the fans. Right. Not because of what's happening in the books. So I that's, don't know. That's that's one thing that I've always wondered. And I, 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 easy enough, I could just go and read the actual stupid books. I mean, or not the books are stupid. I'm stupid for not reading them. <laughs> but um, the, the idea that the title of the book is spider gwen and then i would assume because she is now part of the 616 universe because of uh, reasons <laughs> wasn't it the spider verse book that i don't know if her, her world got destroyed or if she just got stranded here okay because it kind of seemed like they have the ability to hop between dimensions ah i would assume that she when she got here she was like oh man there's already how many spider women i, I can't really go by that name oh you already have a spider girl too um Okay, well, I Just guess call I'll me go. Gwen. I'll, well, I mean, she probably met up with Peter, and then Peter was like, "Oh my God, you, you look just like Gwen." I and I'm I'm totally like just thinking of this off the top of my head because I have not read the books, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I would imagine since her maybe her world is gone, that's why she calls herself Ghost Spider. Maybe I don't know. I'll have to. I'm gonna have to tune in. So hopefully with Spider Gwen, this will force me to read Ghost Spider, and maybe they'll do a really good recap page. And when the reason, one of the reasons I I, I, I find this interesting too is because of that um, Into the Spider Verse movie that's coming out. The trailer that we see, she she drops down on that branch and she says, "Hi, I'm Gwen Stacy." Like yeah, like she oh, calls you're Spider out. people. I can just yeah name, yeah. So I wonder if she's gonna end up calling herself Ghost Spider in that or Spider Woman. I feel like she'll be Ghost Spider in that. I yeah. think like I think that's it's the gonna brand be, that they want to go yeah, with. Yeah, I feel like that was something that they cross promoted there. How many more spiders can we get into the Marvel universe? Hey, as long as they don't take away Ben, I'm okay. Do you think it's uh it's do you ever think that um uh Natasha is upset that she doesn't have actual spider powers. <laughs> yeah, she must be like, I was the only one who finally went and branded myself an actual spider, and I don't have any relationship to the arachnid family, though. <laughs> Other she than she, those stingers. She kills men. <laughs> yes. Uh, but let's see, moving along, if you want to save yourself a couple of bucks, uh, we have some really good what-ifs. What if Craven the Hunter had killed Spider-Man? So this revisits the famous uh, Craven's last Craven's hunt. last hunt, and this one is basically where he was successful. So I want to talk about that just because we did that issue where yes. we we did the what ha we well we first we, we did the one hundred and one and then we did recast yeah. it. Why doesn't Craven kill Spider-Man? Like 
we know Craven now as as a as a bad guy. He's a a huge bad guy, and yes, he's a bad guy in that story, but not really. He just wants to prove that he's better at being well, one better hunter than Spider Man, and two better at being Spider Man than Spider Man. Maybe it's one of those things where it's it's the some hunters like to kill for sport and some hunters like to kill for captivity. So maybe he just was like, Hey, I just want to see that I can grab Pete and stash him and then I'm gone. But I mean, at the same time, burying him in a coffin, you know, that probably will kill him. But he doesn't, he, 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 he's not surprised by the fact that Spider-Man has returned when he comes back. Didn't he commit suicide by that point? Right. I could have sworn he Did buried he him already by that time. Yeah, I thought he buried him, and then he was running around being crazy, like "Look at me, I'm in Spider-Man clothes," and then shotgun. Well, okay, so then, but doesn't he fuck with uh, the the rat guy? Oh yeah, that Craven, not Craven, uh, Vermin. Vermin, yeah. Doesn't he mess with him so that when Spider-Man comes back, Spider-Man has to deal with him? I think so, but th- I think that was just because it was kind of like there's a vacuum, so, so it was just a happens- Okay, yeah, I was like, oh, I just want to prove I was better, and not only was I better than him, I'm better at being him as well. Okay, well, you it's a, it's a dark book and uh, it's interesting. So yeah, what yeah, if it was crazy? <laughs> so so in this, what if is this one of the ones that they did a reprint of? Uh, yeah, so this will be the the True Believers series. So yeah, this will be a reprint of the the classic What If story. And this one, in this world, we get to see what you're talking about, where Craven's like, "Screw it, I'm killing Spider Man, dead as dead can be." So he kills him, and then and then he kills himself. So then there's I don't know what the twist will be in this one. I don't know oh, okay. if maybe you, he kills him or not. Yeah, originally. that was. That was one of the ones I missed. All um, right, fair enough. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I know I'm picking it up for a buck. You can't be that price. No, point. no. Uh, and then also along with that one is another reprinting "What If" from the True Believer line. The Silver Surfer possessed the Gauntlet. So during the whole Infinity Gauntlet, we know Thanos had it, and then it got passed around. Well, what if when Silver Surfer got it, he just decided to hell with it? I'm keeping it. So we get to see what the world would look like with a cosmic powered. Person possessing the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones as well, mm. gems or whatever you want to call them, baubles. <laughs> so, uh, oh, all right, that's. I mean, those are two interesting. Yeah, well, they were really they, like I was very glad that they picked those for part of the reprint series. Uh, moving on, there's Typhoid Fever. So basically, we had Typhoid Mary appear in Iron Fist Iron season Fist two. Season two, yeah. So she's got a little bit of boost in popularity. So there's a crossover that's happening that we don't know about but is happening so hopefully you've pre-ordered the issues or you'll make sure you get the rest and this week we will go visit the x-men and see what happens so i know everybody's going to be excited let's see what happens when those two redheads cross paths <laughs> gene gray and typhoid mary so I, I very much would like to see that as well um next up we also have the wakanda forever trade paperback so those wakanda forever books have come to a conclusion now you can buy them all in one book and i'm sure they'll have some other neat little hidden gems as well in there then we get a brand new what if so this is what if thor and in this situation we get to see thor basically if instead of it being loki going to the asgardians it's Odin who falls. So how does that change when Thor gets raised by the ice giants? Oh. That's kind of a way to sum that one up. It looks kind of interesting because the, the way they draw Thor, he very much looks like in that Loki sense. Like whenever we see like frost giant Loki with that blueness to him. So, so he takes see, on the, the appearance of a frost giant. Yeah. So we wow. get to see that. So yeah, that'll be kind of that, that one actually kind of seems really worthwhile. 
That's a new one. Yes, that's a brand new book. Okay. Yeah. So then uh, the X-Men Black line will continue, and we will get Juggernaut. It's been a while since we've seen the big man, so yeah, I'm very say, curious to see what's going to happen to him. Here. I don't know when the last time I saw a Juggernaut is. You know, it's been such a while. Like Honestly, the last I can really think was probably Fear Itself. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I was about and to say was Fear Itself was probably the last time I saw him, but yeah. I had stopped reading X-Men books for a while. Yeah, you didn't miss much. <laughs> <That's what> I, <laughs> I mean, there was some good stuff, but yikes. Uh, X-Men Red, issue nine, will be out there. That book's been pretty solid. But now I'm curious. Uh, a lot of people are speculating because in the new Marvel solicits, we didn't see an X-Men Red solicitation. So does that mean that's the end of X-Men Red? Did it stealthily get canceled? Oh, isn't Tom Taylor going somewhere else now? Well, he, he does have a new Marvel book. He'll be doing, I think it's Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So there will be that, but you know, I mean, I know the guy's held up on a couple of different books. He he can write multiple titles, but yeah, I'm just curious if that's where it's like, okay, we really want to do something with our X Men line, and you know, because X Men Black is just a miniseries. It's not going to be a like a, a an ongoing series. So all that surviving right now is red since blue and gold are gone. So maybe you get rid of red, and that way it gets rid of the color error, and then you just go into what you're gonna do. X Men and new Uncanny X Men. Yeah, they'll probably go back to the 90s titles, you know, X-Factor, X-Force, Uncanny. Well, we have X-Men. an X-Force book, don't we? Yes, no, we, we are getting, we, well, we are, well, we have a Weapon X book, which is getting canned, which is going to make way for an X-Force. X-Force book. Okay. Because now we'll see the classic X-Force members deal with Young Cable. What's going on, why, how, and if fans like it, he stays, and if they don't, let's bring back Cable. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that's what's on your spinner racks, Shab Wisely. Okay, so we this past weekend, we had uh, Netflix Marvel drop season three of Daredevil. Now, along with the dropping of season three of Daredevil, the Netflix Marvel brand uh, also made two big announcements in the, la- in the past couple weeks. We have the cancellation of Iron Fist after season two of Iron Fist, and surprising, surprisingly enough, the cancellation of Luke Cage after the season two of Luke Cage. Uh, I, which is, I also find funny because earlier in the week last week we had the chief content officer of Netflix say that uh, the Disney streaming site. Or the Disney streaming app that's going to be, that's supposed to be coming out does will not take away their Marvel characters. All right, they'll still have their shows. They still have their, yeah, yeah, they still have the rights to their shows as long as they want to make them. Uh, and then you have these this come up where the Iron Fist and and Luke Cage gets canceled. So out of the five shows, we have uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Luke Cage, and uh, Iron Fist. As of right now, as we're recording this, uh, Punisher, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones are okay. But Luke Cage and Iron Fist are gone. Now, that opens up two slots for their shows, saying they, assuming that, that that's the way it works, that they have two, th- those two slots still need to be there. You brought up a great thing, and I think it's making its way around the internet now. <laughs> that could mean that we're going to get a Marvel Netflix show or a Netflix Marvel show of Heroes for Hire. Yes. You just drop the whole idea that the two of them need to be on separate shows and make it so that they have a, a, a buddy cop show in the way that we all kind of know and love Luke Cage and Danny Rand as the heroes for hire. That leaves still one slot open uh, to the, the two other characters on the Luke Cage show and the Iron Fist show that are really loved by a lot of people, 
Colleen Wing and Misty Knight, who have a history in the comic books as the Daughters of the Dragon, yep. they could have their own show. Where you know, they, I mean, eventually they also become they also gather under the title of Heroes for Hire, right? But they were known first as the Daughters of Dragon, right? Yes. So, I mean, I think that it's just this is what this is. I think this is what Netflix's uh, plan is. Because why drop those characters if they still have the rights to them? Yeah, no, exactly. That's the smart way to do it. I mean, if they sat down and looked at the numbers, which they have easy access to, it's like, okay, you know, how long did it take people to finish this show? How many people watched it? You know, they can get all that stuff. And honestly, in terms of the comics, Iron Fist and Luke Cage have always worked better together. You well, know? I also find it's interesting is that I can understand them dropping Iron Fist. Every, just about everybody hated that first season. And the second season, even though it's so much better, it probably didn't. It probably didn't get the numbers that they wanted because of season one of Iron Fist and De- the Defenders. Like the numbers just weren't good. I have right. no idea, but because they don't release the numbers. But just from what I've heard from people, they just did not like it. But Luke Cage, that second season dropped. It they reported about how how many people that they had watching it and. The first second, first season and second season, I both both of them I remember crashed, ended up crashing Netflix. Like people were not able to watch it the day it dropped. Oh wow! That weekend, so I can't imagine that they aren't doing well. So what 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 does the exec do? Or an exec looks at that and says, okay, we have one character that's doing really well, and we have one character that's not doing really well. We don't want to give up the rights to the character that's not doing really well, so let's just put them in a show together and see if we can get people to like both characters again. Yeah, exactly. So that's just the way I see it. I have no clue. I have no insight to Netflix and what they're doing, but if they're smart, I, that's the way I see that they would they would play it. Yeah, no, that's the that's the strategy I see. And I mean, I didn't even think about the whole Daughters of the Dragon. That's that's on you, and that's a smart idea because now it's like, okay, well, you know, you have your solo male superhero show, mm-hmm. you have your solo female superhero show, you have your team show, you have your buddy cop show, mm-hmm. and you have your your buddy cop show in a female sense. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of coverage. Why not see what happens? I mean, worst case scenarios, you take the cares you have, you put them in part of the bigger show, the bigger world anyways. If it plays out well, great. And if it doesn't, well, yeah, that's all part of the master plan. It's all part, yeah. It's all part of the plan. Okay. Uh, but what we're going to talk about a little bit is the first two episodes of Daredevil Season 3. Uh, I mean, this is a character that obviously you hold very close to your heart. Oh, dude. Daredevil is just one of my all-timers, yes. <laughs> First two episodes, how do you feel about them so far? I liked it. I mean, I I liked it. No, I mean, I was just, I mean, all weekend I was like, oh, my God. You know, like I almost contemplated taking off work on Friday to stream this, to watch it, binge it, whatever the words are called. Uh, But, you know, to share it with friends, you know, watching it with you, that was very much way better. But, I mean, you know, today before we started this, it was like, okay, well, let's sneak in Daredevil 1 and then we'll watch. Mm -hmm. You know, as soon as Daredevil 1 was done, I was like, no, let's watch Daredevil 2. Like, you know, (laughs) after this, I'm going to try to talk you into watching some more, you know. It was was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I like the buildup. You know, I'm, I'm excited. And I will say this for once. Even though they're hour-long episodes, I didn't feel like they were hour-long episodes. Like, they moved better for me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I still enjoy the show. I don't think that I am fully engaged in it yet from the first two episodes. I feel like there's something missing for me, and I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe I just got used to seeing the suit in Season 2 and Defenders. That The fact that I don't see it now, it's just kind of like, 
I'm like, ah, I feel like there's something wrong, but I love the way that they're going with the story. And uh, I don't know. I've never read Born Again, but would you say that this is kind of following that a little bit or no? No, not so much. Like, no. I mean, like they'll, I, I feel they'll take elements from it. You know, they'll, they'll do like a shot that looks like one of the comic panels. But I mean, the fact is, and I mean, we're okay to six boys, but you know, in, in the show, Wilson's in jail, you know, uh, he is not the kingpin, you know, and even in terms of what he's doing, like it's understandable what he's doing, but he's not the kingpin when he's doing that. He's just another snitch. When you read born again, this is too, like, this is the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. You know, like it's just two guys on a crazy course of anger coming at each other full throttle. You know, the whole betrayal by Karen Page makes it that much harder because of the sincerity of why she gives away the secret identity. So, I mean, I haven't seen much of Born Again yet. You know, maybe in the fact that, oh, Sister Maggie's there. Yeah, I'm excited to see her, you know, but that, did they in- introduce her the way they did in the comics? No. No. But, you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, I don't know. As we continue to watch, maybe something more will come to that. But for right now, no, I don't feel like I'm watching Born Again. But, okay. again, only two episodes deep. Now, speaking of the second episode, we saw the introduction of... A badass. Of, a <laughs> badass. And, I mean, they haven't come out and said said it right out yet that he's the character. But seeing him use that revolver in the way that... Or a revolver. Handgun in the way that he does. Ricocheting bullets off of light posts and... Uh, through cars and stuff to take out bad guys. That's definitely right? bullseye, right? Oh my god, that was awesome. I mean, he's an FBI agent, so I, we were talking about the, or I at least brought it up during the episode. It's like I don't know how I feel about them making uh, bullseye uh, former FBI agent. Well, at the moment where we're watching, he's still an FBI agent, and uh, he just watched a lot of his friends and teammates get killed by what we can only assume are uh, Russian mob guys or whatever the mob that that was the mob that he ended up that Wilson Fisk helped them take out. But they, I mean, he, he then he even took out a guy by throwing his empty clip at his, at the guy's throat. That was nuts. So yeah, I am excited about seeing bullseye in the season. Uh, I know from that trailer that they released a couple weeks ago where you had, uh, you have someone that's not Matt wearing the the Daredevil outfit, and Matt's wearing his uh, black outfit, and he's like, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm Daredevil." It's like oh. I can't wait for that moment. Yeah, right. So it's gonna be crazy, and uh, I'm ex- that's probably got me the most excited about this season when that comes up. Yeah, no, I am very much looking forward to that part, and it's funny. Um, you're gonna have to forgive me because I'm trying to pull this up as fast as I can. But there's a so there's Born Again, right? Which mm-hmm. was a great comic book series um and nocenti took over the books after that and i believe after she left i think the gentleman's name was dan chichester i'm probably not saying that right but anyways there was a lead up and just matt wasn't in his right frame of mind he was very much having all these crises of conscience like to the point where he was just walking around the streets calling himself jack battlin mm-hmm. like he wasn't even running around as matt murdoch and stuff like that everybody probably thought he was dead 
Anyways, that kind of led up to him regaining his senses and coming back to being Daredevil and taking down the Kingpin. Uh, the story was called Last Rites. It was a four-parter, issues 297, 98, 99, and 300. Pick them up now while they're cheap. Uh, the trade paperback was released, and it was called The Fall of the Kingpin. Uh, good luck finding that one. It's sold out, out of print. And it's a shame that they haven't reprinted that story. But anyways, they kind of, like, I want to say around issue... Because uh, after the whole, like he wound up just fighting the devil essentially. So I want to say it was around issue two eighty three. It looks like Daredevil went to back, back to being a street character again. Um, so anyways, while Matt was just going crazy, like he just he didn't know what was going on. He was living a whole different life as a street boxer and stuff like that. Bullseye was pissed. Like he was like, "Where the fuck's Daredevil? Mm. I want to get that guy back." I want to fuck his life up. Mm. Well, if there's no Daredevil, then become Daredevil. Mm. So that's where that actually does start happening. So Kingpin and Daredevil team up. It's issue 288, and they basically decide, hey, let's start raining some hell on the city. And that's what leads up to issue 290, which has this great cover of Bullseye with a fist up in the air, clenching Daredevil as he looks out in panic. And it's like, oh, my God, Bullseye has the upper hand on Daredevil. And you want that to happen because Matt finally grains his senses. And he's like, fucking Bullseye is using my costume. Mm -hmm. Fine. Then I'm going to show him I'm a better Bullseye. Ooh. Oh, so great. So anyways, like, I mean, and if you look at the, the outfit that that Matt is wearing in this season, his original black black outfit, that's very much like what a Bullseye outfit looks like. Yeah, yeah, no, you could definitely you could try you could make that argument you could make that argument so yeah so i mean i would i would say probably you know while they're on the cheap pick up daredevil issues 286 all the way up to 290 and i think that might help your viewing experience a little bit more and if it doesn't then you're welcome for some awesome stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so yeah season three of, of daredevil is definitely off to a good start uh can't wait to binge more of the episodes when I get the chance, but there's so much great things to watch right now. Speaking of Daredevil, just to, not to get too far off topic, but it is kind of a tangent, and we talked about MC2 a little bit earlier when we talked about Mayday, but in the MC2 comic books, you had Dark Devil. Yes. Which was... The son of Ben Riley. Was that what it was? <laughs> yeah. And he also had the spirit of vengeance a little bit tied to him as well. That's what I was so going to say. Ghost Rider, Scarlet Spider, and Daredevil? Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Was was that Dark Devil, was he supposed to be a a version of uh, Daredevil that made a, made a, 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 a deal with uh, Mephesto? With the devil, yeah. No, like, actually, I think that's kind of something like... Like uh, Zarathos, who was the yeah, original right. demon that was bonded to Johnny Blaze. I think he tried to take over that vessel. And then Matt Murdock was like, no, I can't. So that's what gives him the little bit of supernatural ability is that I think he's bonded to the ghost of Matt Murdock. Mm, okay. So uh, there, there's a little bit of extra stuff. I doubt the uh, Daredevil Netflix show will ever get that involved. But uh, yeah, if you want to when that announcement happens <laughs> next, next, next watching season, spider girl. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, go and check that out if you can. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and and talk about the DC story, Day of Judgment. Now, this story was a crossover event that had a lot to do with the concept of DC's heaven and hell. Yes. Uh, the characters that would be heavily involved, heavily, heavily involved, not heavenly involved. Well, I guess <laughs> kind of heavenly involved, but heavily involved in that would be uh, your magic characters, so your shadow pack, 
Um, and then uh, your mystical characters. I remember Zariel having a big part of this because he is a fallen angel. Well, well, he's an angel. He's who, an angel he, that I'm not undercover, but he's a his beat is Earth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually, the 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 Justice League has to travel to hell. Uh, to what? What I mean? What exactly is the big now? Before I get too far into it, this is a story from 1999. Uh, let's see, November 1999, superhero crossover involves the Sentinels of Magic, Shadow Pack, Spectre, and eventually Hal Jordan. Yes, uh, and that's where you come in. Yeah. So basically, back in the day, and that that the later part of the 90s, early part of the 2000s, DC used to take events. And are used to take advantage of the five weeks and call them five week events. So that's why Day of Judgment is a five or ep- five issue episode series. Uh, a lot of crossovers: Anarchy, Aquaman, Azrael, Batman, Green Lantern, JLA, Our Man, Impulse. Just everybody was involved. And this book actually is a neat cheat because we see the JSA in it before they even became the JSA. Mm. So that famous JSA book, yeah, right, right. kind of a little tie into which that. makes sense because this story is written by. Jeff, Jeff John. Johns, yeah. So this was this was basically his first time getting to helm an event. Wow, uh, this is very early in his career. So basically, Jim Corrigan is done. I he's just I, I can't do it anymore. I, I want to go to my final rest, and he goes. So the now, spirit of vengeance, I was say, aka the specter, the yeah. people who don't know. So Jim, Jim Corrigan, Corrigan was is, the original. He's the he's the he's the human that's bonded with the spirit of vengeance, the specter, because uh, an unchecked spirit of vengeance, the right hand of God. Tends to be scary. he's scary because he, biblical scary. He doesn't he doesn't have any um, uh, perspective. Perspective. Thank you. Yeah. He he. You know. He either he goes by you are sin. You did wrong. That's it. You go to hell. But yep. uh, you have the the human body or the human mind, the human spirit bonded to it. So it's like ah okay, that guy just stole some bread to feed his family. It's okay. He doesn't need to be struck down with yeah, the yeah. with the fiery sword. You don't have to turn his soul into cheese <laughs> and grate it. <laughs> so okay, Jim Corrigan, he's he's done. Yep, so he goes to his final eternal resting place in heaven, and then you have an unchecked specter floating around. So Neron, basically a form of the devil, not the actual devil, he decides, hey, you know, I, I kind of want to make some manipulations occur. So he starts talking to Asmodel, who was a fallen angel. Uh, he was basically kind of a villain for Zariel. And he starts talking to Asmodel, and he's kind of like, hey, you know, the, the spirit of vengeance is out there. That's one of the ways you could get back into heaven. So as Modal starts making some, you know, plans for this to happen. So he extinguishes all the fires in hell, and that's why all these demons come to earth and it's basically a day of judgment. You know, her, uh, hell has come to the planet and all things like that. Uh, what was funny in the DC offices at the time So you know how in movies they do that where it's like, "Oh, we'll call this movie something else while we're shooting it." Mhm. So the nickname for this was called Howl on Earth. So it was the work. The working title was Howl yeah. on Earth because it this eventually is what brought back. Yeah, because it, it brings back Howl. Because after, so what's the event that kills Hal Jordan in so, the DCU? Because I want to tell you this right now. I mean, I obviously started reading comic books way after you did, and my Green Lantern was Kyle Rayner. Like I, when I started reading uh, DC comics, Kyle Rayner was already the Green Lantern. Everything uh, Emerald Dawn. Or Emerald Dawn, Emerald Twilight, well, all of it. Yeah. All that stuff had already passed. You know, there was no Green Lantern Corps. It was just one guy, just Kyle Rayner, and he was on. And and I wasn't even reading the Green Lantern book at the, yet. You know, when I started reading, I was just reading Justice League of America or JLA book JLA, by yeah. Grant Morrison. So Grant wrote Kyle in the way that I really enjoyed him. But 
I had no frame of reference for Hal Jordan. I, you know, I, I didn't know him as the Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. So this book kind of reintroduces or introduces him to me more than anything else. Yeah. So basically, we had Hal continue his fall from destroying the Green Lantern Corps in Emerald Twilight, trying to restart the universe and rectify all the wrongs in Zero Hour, and just various appearances here and there. So a Sun Eater comes to Earth and is chowing down on the sun in a storyline called The Final Night. So this was DC Comics' way to redeem Hal Jordan and basically take him off the playing board. So Hal sacrifices himself by basically reigniting the sun, destroying the sun eater, and then healing the earth in the process of being frozen. And so his soul was sent to purgatory. So basically the JLA and various other superheroes and mystical beings of the DC universe all converge to say, okay, we've got to stop this attack in, or we got to go to heaven to get the soul of Jim Corrigan to come down and take back the specter because as Modell has basically extinguished the fires of hell and has taken over the specter temporarily. So that's the plan for the heaven team. The Hell Team, which for some reason included Superman, <laughs> you'll discover why in a minute. So they are actually, no, I apologize, not yet. He wasn't there yet. So Superman and some of the other heroes go to Hell, and they're basically like, okay, let's uh, let's reignite the flames of Hell so it'll capture the, the demons and it'll bring them back. So upon that part of it, and this is a great story because it introduced... Um, like it, it introduced me to a lot of characters as well, some of these mystical ones. Because June Moon, as you might recognize as the secret identity of the Enchantress. the Enchantress, she was in this story. And this was before she made it to the big screen. And honestly, she wasn't even that big of a character yet. One of the characters that I, I was very surprised and felt sad for was... Uh, Faust, Sebastian Faust. He's the son of Felix Faust. And I just felt so bad for him because of what he had to do. So the hell team goes down into hell and they decide, okay, well, they don't decide, but it's basically told to them that in order to reignite the flames of hell, there has to be a sacrifice. And Sebastian just got his soul back because that's why he had to wear those sunglasses because he had these creepy eyes because he had no soul. So he finally gets his soul back and he's so excited and happy. But what's going to happen? He basically gets the Enchantress, slits her throat, and throws her into a pit, which starts the flames of hell, thus pulling all the demons back. Uh, Everybody's kind of like, what the hell did you just do? (laughs) Because he didn't give them any prep time. Uh, So anyways, you know, that the hell team comes back to Earth. Uh, They had Dead Man, the Atom, and various other characters there as well. So this is a great tour de force of the DC Universe. And so anyways, so they've done their mission. The Heaven team goes up there, and they actually get to speak to Jim Corrigan. And Jim Corrigan's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going back. I mean, it's beautiful up here. Would you leave Heaven? Well, only Holly Quinn did. So (laughs) that's that's that plan. So in this case, he says no, but he also says – or actually, I think it was was either Jim or the the angel – um, Michael Gabriel God I can't remember but he basically says why don't you go to purgatory so they go into purgatory and of course all these heroes converge and villains as well and they're like pick me pick me pick me because they want the chance to redeem themselves now that was a hard page to read back in the day because it was kind of like black as night when like you discovered oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh Asriel's dead he's yeah oh my they, God, they I didn't realize confirmed that. that he's dead because at the end of his run of his book you there's the question of whether or not he's alive or dead yep so this page kind of did that for some people but it was also nice too that you get to see some souls mm-hmm. you know like oh hey it's great to know that you know this character is there so eventually we run into parallax which was hal jordan after he became green lantern so he makes the convincing argument that hey i'm the only one willful enough and i also need this i need to come back i need to do the right thing i mean he obviously made a huge sacrifice at the end of final night to 
reignite the sun. So yeah, but he just needed that little bit more for his own sake and mm-hmm. for everybody else. So they're happy to do it. So they bring him back. He turns back into Green Lantern. Now, not necessarily with an emerald ring, but more with mystical, you know, appearances. His soul. <laughs> he he goes back to looking like he did as a Green Lantern. Of yeah, course, Batman's angry because he's Batman. Because he's Batman. I was gonna say. I mean, his Spectre outfit definitely looks like the combination of. Uh, oh yeah, it's just a Green Lantern costume with different colors it's got a hood and and it's got the green lantern symbol right in the right yep. in the chest but it's it's got fire coming out of it too so yeah, so that's what gives it that look uh, <laughs> but anyway so he comes back batman's angry about it superman winds up vomiting up a demon because neuron possessed superman so neuron hal jordan and asmodo find themselves asmodel wind up finding themselves inside the specter and the specter's like who the fuck do you guys think you are? <laughs> I am the like, right hand I am, God. <laughs> I am me. I don't need any of you. I will choose one of you. Uh-huh. So why? Why? You know, and, you know, as model is like, I want vengeance on hell. Or sorry, I want vengeance on heaven. They kicked me out just like they kicked you out. You know, so why not? Neuron. Neuron's like, look, dude, I'm all about getting bad guys off the street. You know, you should pick me. I'll give them the best punishment. I'll send them to hell. And Hal Jordan's like, no, you're a hero. I'm a hero. We should do this. And then Hal just starts breaking down. And he's like, I'm a bad person. Actually, I probably shouldn't even be here. You should probably be judging me. And that's when the specter is like, oh, yeah, I choose you. <laughs> you see this weird ghosty looking thing just bond with Hal. And bam, you know, as Moldell gets sent back to heaven and he's a prisoner, which is crazy because this is heaven. Why are there prisoners there? Neuron gets sent back to hell. And now he's actually demoted down to being what Entrican is as a rhyming yeah, demon. Right. I remember that at the end of that, he's he's rhyming. And that's like the, the lowest scale yeah, of that's demon. That's like a horrible class yeah. to be in. Yeah, and then Hal Jordan is now the Spectre. But the only catch is people don't know he's the Spectre. They know there's a Spectre, and at first when he meets them, he's like, hey, it's me, Hal, and everybody's like, oh, you look so familiar. But the minute he leaves, they'll forget. Mm. And that was the curse at the start of the Spectre run. Eventually, people learn to forgive him and whatnot. Uh, but it was just, like I said, it was a great uh, great miniseries. It ran for five issues. It crossed over into a lot of books. Uh, you probably, I don't know if you read that one, but Azrael, Agent of the Bat, issue 58, was part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do pick up the original five-issue miniseries, there's also the Day of Judgment Secret Files and Origins, which will continue on more to what we're going to talk about, the Sentinels of Magic. So the event is Day of Judgment, which brings back Hal Jordan as the Spectre, but we also get a brand new team. Uh, on this team, we get Dead Man, Dr. Occult, and at this point, he's actually two people. He's Richard Occult and his sidekick slash gal Friday, Rose Spiritus. So those two are inhabiting one person, uh, Sebastian Faust, uh, Alan Scott, who was also a former Green Lantern at this time. He's running around with the moniker of Sentinel, Madame Zandu, the Phantom Stranger. Already this team's overpowered with just <laughs> Ragman, Raven herself from the Titans, Zatanna, Enchantress. But at this point, she's off the team because the Enchantress side was what was sacrificed and June Moon luckily got to live on. Blue Devil, Dr. Fate, the newly reborn Hector Hall, which was kind of funny because that's a little bit of a spoiler that this hadn't happened yet in JSA. Right. So that was kind of funny. Bloodwind made it onto... Oh, actually, no, I apologize. So he would have been the last person on that team. Eventually, we see them in another book, a JLA book called Black Baptism. Uh, that came out about two years later. And this time we get Bloodwind and Tempest, the former Aqualad, joining the team. But yeah, that initial lineup... 
was just insane with magic ability. Uh, but I laugh though with the Phantom Stranger on there. It's like they kind of like that Superman meme with the Justice League, where it's like Justice League one hundred percent. It shows the six movie versions, and then the minute they put it at like Justice League ninety nine point nine percent, the other five members are gone. It's just Superman. And it's like <laughs> that's kind of how it feels with the Phantom Stranger. I mean, we talked about that last week when I, I used the Phantom Stranger in my my lineup. It's just like. <laughs> You really don't know the power set of the Phantom Stranger, but you know that he pals around with the gods of the universe, you know, kind of thing. Like yeah, the, He could go from that street-level superhero <laughs> to Superman-esque missions to, yeah, watching the quintessence, which yeah. was a big thing at the time. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's insane to think of him being on that team, but... Uh, yeah, I would love. I want. I'm glad that we are talking about the Sentinels of Magic and and what it is that they 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 can end up doing. This lineup. I mean, obviously, Alan Scott throwing in Alan Scott as the Sentinel. I guess this is around the time that they were definitely trying to push up the fact that his Green Lantern is not the same as the rest of the Green Lanterns. It's more magic based. Yeah, exactly. The Starheart or whatever you want to say, right? Yep. So, did if is there anything that's particularly different about Alan Scott's uh, Green Lantern ring that you notice as a Green Lantern aficionado that than other Green Lantern ring, other than the wood... Um, yeah, so obviously wood, he had the weakness, weakness. ability. You yeah. know, um, Hal, was his weakness was yellow, which was later retconned because of fear. Uh, wood was retconned because of its natural ability and Sentinel having a mystical ability. And then Kyle, his ring had no weakness because of it being formed after the battery was destroyed. Um, you know, I, I just noticed that whenever Alan would do stuff with his, like his his uh, projections or his... Um, constructs. Constructs, that's a word. Um, I definitely noticed they were more fiery based. Mm. You know, so there'd be always that, the artist would usually draw a tinge of flame to them, mm -hmm. more representing a green flame of that ability. But for the most part, no, it definitely seemed like it was a Green Lantern ring. It just played on the fact that Alan was more willing to join in on these, you know, mystical uh, happenings as opposed to Kyle being stuck in space. And Deadman, we, we talk about Deadman a lot. He's also one of your preferred yeah, he's characters. Part of the, he's part of my great crew there. <laughs> uh, so Deadman being a, a, a an acrobat that died during a, a set, right? Did yeah, he die so, during a set? Yep, yeah. The original idea was he was he was always just a jerk in life. And then one day when he went up to perform, and he always did it without a net, and he would do these death-defying stunts. Uh, one day a world-class assassin shot him while he, or the guy had actually, the assassin had lost his hand, so he was the hook. And he shot Boston Brand during a set, a.k.a. Dead Man. And so he plummeted to his death. Luckily, the shot didn't kill him, but it was the fall that killed him. So Boston wakes up to discover that he is now the agent of Ramakushna, and he floats around kind of like Quantum Leap. That's how I always visualize it. And he's it. able to possess bodies. Yeah, and he can possess people, and he can bring them up to his skill set. Dr. Colt, I mean, I guess... Most Golden Age character. Golden Age character. Probably the best equivalent that people would know would be Doctor Strange, right? Uh, kind of. I'd say he's not. He's Doctor Strange, but give him more detectiveness to it. Okay, you know, because he was actually again he was created in the Golden Age. Uh, he was actually created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Wow. So he's Superman. You know, it's he's basically you know Superman. Uh, he would have his disc, and it had like I think it was f like it almost looked like an X, like a black X on it. But they were a bunch of triangles. So there'd be like the four triangles that are black that converge in the center and then the four triangles that are white. So that was his mystical totem. And I guess a good way to look at it, um, 
what was the the scary movie with Patrick Wilson where they were those investigators and the Conjuring? To, yeah, the Conjuring. That's basically what him and his wife were, and that's okay. what uh, Richard and Rose were. Uh, Sebastian Faust, you talked about him a little bit uh, when we were talking about Day of Judgment. He's the son of Felix Faust. Felix Faust selling his son's soul to the devil so that he could live forever or live longer. Yep. So uh, that gives him a connection to the mystic world. Eventually learns, gets him to start to learn more about uh, magic and stuff like that so that he can fight his father. Yep. Yeah. And he was the edgy one. He was the one. He would always wear the the jacket with the rolled up sleeves, the fingerless gloves, and the sunglasses. Oh, the nineties. <laughs> uh, Madame Xanadu. Uh, I, you know, I really don't know much about her character. I know she showed up in the New Fifty Two version of Justice League Dark. Yeah, so she was kind of the one. She would very much be uh, with the Tariot cards. So she would use those cards to read, you know, what was going to happen, events, pull characters together, kind of like the Oracle of the supernatural world. And uh, Rory Reagan, the Ragman, he's uh, the, the story that I always know about the Ragman before this newest reiteration of him, or new origin story. He's the, the son of a, a Jewish rabbi that uh, performed the Gollum uh, mystic spell onto a bunch of rags that would allow it to, uh, you know, protect the, the people of his neighborhood. And then that Gollum then enca- encompasses Rory to save him. Uh, at a point, and then he uses that power to protect the souls of the people that are in those rags and stuff like that. Yeah, like he would kind of basically scoop them up like a Ghostbuster style thing, mm-hmm. and then like he would, they would be trapped there till they could find a redeeming quality. Right. And the more rags he had, the more souls he had, the more power he had. It, also, a Gotham character, right? He kind of gets tied in there. Um, I remember, I just remember the thing that I always found crazy about him was that he was homeless. Right. So it's it's not that he necessarily had like a, you know a Gotham a City Metropolis stuff like that, you know, but I'm sure as time continued it's like, hey, let's let's put him in Gotham because that place <laughs> is screwed up. <laughs> then the ever the ever age-changing character of Raven Rachel Roth, uh she's a part of the team, founding member, you know, don't exactly know what what age she is at this point, but well, I'd say at this one she was definitely a younger woman, like probably, well, no, I guess maybe mid to later twenties. Yeah, so that's how mm-hmm. I, I felt it. But uh, I mean, well, New Fifty Two definitely de-aged her. That's for sure. Everybody knows Raven's powers at this point between the, <laughs> the multiple shows and Soul and, Self, yeah, thing. all that stuff. Zatanna, uh, character I talk about a lot when we when we do our our little uh, recastings. Uh, the daughter of Zatara, you know, he, she has magic powers. Straight up, what you think about magic when you think magic, like everything all the way up to the performing on a stage, pulling a rabbit out of the hat. But a lot of her spells or magic ability comes from having to say the spell backwards, saying the word backwards. Almost can do just about anything. Huge part of Identity Crisis because she's the one that erases people's memories of the event. Right. Enchantress, Soul Singer, Jewel, June Moon. Dr. June Moon, we, I mean, got the big boost from the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, obviously, she sell, uh, June Moon shares her body with the Enchantress, and her magic powers come from an ancient power of gods, whatever you want to call that. Blue Devil Dan- Daniel Cassidy, we talked about him last week. Uh, stuntman. Co- stuntman, Ghostwriter-esque, you know, stuntman. At first, he just wanted a suit that made him that gave him powers or abilities far past those of other stuntmen and stuff like that. Eventually that suit becomes more of a symbiote. 
to the yeah. point where he turns him blue, actually turns him blue, has uh, devil-like powers and stuff like that. So uh, he's a part of that team. Dr. Fate, Hector Hall, this is what, the third is- iteration of Dr. Fate since his inception? Oh, man. Actually, it might even be more than that because really? it's tough. Because Well, you, you had at one point, I guess right before this guy, uh, well, you had Fate, the edgy-looking one. Almost looks a lot like Sebastian <laughs> yeah. Sebastian Faust. You know, he would wear the cape wrapped around his arm, and he had a dagger. He didn't wear the helmet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Before him, you had the Dr. Fate that was shared between a couple, so that's why sometimes you'd see a male version or a female version. So there's been quite quite many iterations. <laughs> so I'd say for us in terms of the comics, this is either the fourth or fifth, depending on how you look at it. Also the son of Hawkman. Hawkman Carter Hall, baby kind of um rapid growth up to to an adult man even maybe an older man because i always picture him with the the dark or the gray hair kind of had that nod to cable (laughs) yes yeah exactly uh and what i was interesting too uh his his claim to fame before he became dr fate but he was also the silver scarab as part of the uh infinity inc team so that was also a neat part as well uh then bloodwind Oh, well, I don't know if we're going to talk about those two well, characters. Yeah, so, yeah, so that was the original lineup. And then eventually, like I said, they did that Black Baptism story. I didn't read it. I just remember. I think I remember reading it. I think it has a lot to do with Faust. It probably did. Like, I, I, I definitely remember they were very art-looking covers, and I was kind of tempted. But by the time I got wind of it, it was too late. So I passed. But, yeah, they recruited some people. So Bloodwin wound up being a part of that team. And Bloodwind originally came about as Martian Manhunter was out on, you know, sabbatical. This gem got just like jammed right into his chest. And that's what formed more like caused him to morph into the appearance of Bloodwind wearing the white suit and being an African-American superhero. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then eventually they decided, hey, he's a good enough character. Why not, you know, make him a thing? So he got separated from Martian Manhunter in the jail in the Justice League of America books by Dan Juergens and went on to become his own character. Uh, and then the final member would be Garth, a.k.a. Aquaman, and then in his final form, Tempest. So Tempest, not only does he have the power of the seas, but he also decided to get the powers of magic as well. So uh, definitely, I, I think it's funny that a lot of these characters that's on this team of uh, do find themselves in that Mystic U book that we had a couple, a, 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 I don't know, a year back now? Probably about a year, yeah. Uh, year. Which I... I remember being super excited about, and I think I've talked on this that I was super let down about, but uh, I, which just tells me that I am excited for a book that has to do with these characters. I just haven't gotten the book that I wanted yet. Uh, Justice League Dark, I assume, has a lot of these characters in it too. Uh, actually, it doesn't. I think it has Zatanna, that's, and that's about it. Zatanna and Dead Man might be about it. Yeah, so. Uh, what is, is there anything in particular about this team that you, you really enjoyed? I think luckily for me, this is like, I mean, I had been into comics, but like I said, around the time of JLA and Avengers being relaunched by Grant Morrison and Kurt Busiek, respectively, that's when I started getting to the formal collecting of comics. And so obviously, like you were mentioning, this this story struck a huge chord with me because Hal Jordan was gone. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that from Green Lantern 50 Parallax till Green Lantern Rebirth number one. That was like 10 years. It was 10 years 
And to watch your character go through all that. I mean, it's an odyssey and I love it now, but going through it in the thick of it, it was scary. So, of course, this story was exciting for me. I remember I remember actually getting off of school early out of high school and I had to sit in the parking lot and wait till three o'clock when I was allowed to go into the comic shop (laughs) to buy the newest issue. Uh, because it was weekly, so I was constantly out there. I was like, I need it, I need it, and I think I probably read it in the car myself, and it was just so exciting, just, again, the, the drama that was going on to see the saga of Hal Jordan unfall. So, of course, I, I was naturally, I, I grew towards this team, and I would say if you want to see a better look at the team, read the Secret Files story, mm. because part of, one of the only weapons that could stop the Spectre was the Spear of Destiny, which, you know, it depending on how you want to look at stuff, but DC has very much said like, oh, well, Hitler had it, and that's why he could keep the JSA at bay because he used magic to keep the heroes away. Mm. Um, so they use that to cleave open the specter for Neron, Asmodo, and Hal Jordan to get in there. And so the Sentinels of Magic are banded together as a team, and they decide like, okay, well, do we trust Hal to take care of this? What should we do? And it was just neat to see their interactions. And, you know, I guess it was such a great dynamic because they're not necessarily a team, but it was just nice to see how they're interacting with each other, you know, where it's different arguments come about. Some of them are kind of, you know, when, when Faust speaks up, they're like, who the hell are you to talk? You killed one of our members, you know, and it was just great to see that dynamic. I wish that they would have done more with them. You know, like I kind of wish they would have done a book or even when they did Shadow Pack years later during the Infinite Crisis, I wish they would have done something more because this team, along with the idea of the Midnight Suns, that's the street level magic. You know, these aren't the guys that are they're not your Spider-Man and your Captain America. They're, you know, they're your third tier heroes. You know, they're lovable losers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that Ragman is homeless. That's crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, for him, it's like, might he stop battling? And he's like, dude, there's some food over there. (laughs) I'm going to go eat real quick, you know. So it's just neat to see that they have genuine struggles kind of like we do. You know, they definitely seem like more approachable heroes. So uh, I know Day of Judgment has been collected as a trade paperback. Uh, It'll have most of it. If you go to the Wikipedia page, it'll have all the crossover issues. And it was just neat to read that because I do remember in the Green Lantern book, um, Kyle had to deal with some emotional stuff. He basically had to deal with Donna and Jade and you know, a little bit of infidelity there or presumed infidelity because Kyle's not that kind of guy, but it was just wild stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's, it's definitely part of the era of DC Comics that I like. Uh, yeah, definitely the area that I like too. So uh, there's your little bit of 101 on the Day of Judgment and Sentinels of Magic from the DC Universe. Uh, tune in next week, and we will probably be doing a challenge of of uh, like source for our Halloween episode. Yep, keep the keep the ghostliness going. <laughs> uh, but if you want to talk to us more about these uh, characters and uh, or any of the stories that we talked about earlier, uh, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as at Mitchipedia G E R. Chris is also on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.